1: A renowned expert says that our map is a model for the nation when it comes to minority representation, a model. And I said all along that diversity is the strength of Illinois. And any fair map has to truly reflect that diversity.
0: Hi everybody, I'm Fran Spielman. The speaker is in the house figuratively. My guest this week is Illinois House Speaker, Chris Welsh. Mr. Speaker, thanks for joining us from your district office. I believe it's Hillside, right?
1: Uh, Westchester. Uh,
0: and thank oh, Westchester. You for having- I thank stand corrected. Speaker, I've been around a long time. I never thought I would be saying the words Mr. Speaker without talking to Mike Madigan, who was the longest serving speaker in a state house in the nation before the ComEd bribery scandal, on top of the Me Too scandal before that, that loosened his grip forced him to resign as speaker and resign as Illinois Democrat chairman and resign his state house seat. After all that time, it it unraveled quickly and here you are. You've just come off your very first spring legislative session. How do you think you did? What are you most proud of?
1: Well, I think we had a very successful session, and uh, I'm most proud of the fact that we got it done. We got it done working in collaboration and partnership. Uh, our caucus uh, priorities were were passed uh, and we'll be heading to the governor's desk. We've got a budget that's responsible, balanced, protects our most vulnerable, really deals with uh, people's issues that rose during the midst of a global pandemic. Uh, we got ethics reform done. I told you when we talked earlier that it's important that we rebuild trust in the legislature. And I'm really proud of the fact that we were able to deliver that in my first session, along with, for me, term limits placed in our rules and term limits that we passed in a bill over to the Senate. And I'm hoping that at some point we can get that to the governor's desk as well. But there's so many great accomplishments and it was definitely not done alone. It was done in collaboration and partnership with so many good people.
0: If you learn nothing else from Mike Madigan, who was a political mentor to you, it's that when you have the gavel Bang it. When you have the power in the form of a supermajority in the House, don't yield that power, use it. You certainly did that, particularly when it comes to the new map of legislative districts that forces something like eight or nine incumbent Republicans to compete against each other in redrawn districts. Why did you do that, and was it fair?
1: Well, let me say this a renowned expert says that our map is a model for the nation when it comes to minority representation, a model. And I said all along that diversity is the strength of Illinois. And any fair map has to truly reflect that diversity. And a a renowned expert says it's a model for the country. And so I think that's fair. I also think it was extremely important to meet our constitutional deadline. Republicans wanted us to come to gridlock. They wanted us to come to gridlock so that they can force us past our June 30th constitutional deadline and take their chance at a 50-50 flip of the coin. Uh, And we weren't going to do that. We weren't going to allow the party that stands for voter suppression uh, to have a 50-50 chance at drawing the maps. Uh, We just weren't going to do that. So that was the proper time to use our power.
0: But in fact, putting eight or nine Republicans in the same district with each other is
1: that really fairness, well, or is that just
0: raw power, like Madigan did?
1: We didn't use our we didn't use incumbent addresses to draw maps. In fact, the first map that we put out had more incumbents uh, going against each other, and we responded to Republicans' concerns that they made in the media when we when when we were became aware of that, and we 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 to the best of our ability. able to separate a number of them out and so we drew maps without concern for incumbent addresses and that was the right thing to do Uh, and we responded to concerns of republicans Uh, i think instead of complaining they should be thanking us
0: and they did they would have done the same thing right they wouldn't have flipped a coin or taken a chance at a coin flip
1: absolutely right all you got to do is look at the state of oklahoma Oklahoma has a very similar constitutional deadline in their constitution, and their legislature passed maps and put them on the governor's desk uh, using ACS data, similar to what we did here in Illinois.
0: You also remapped the Illinois Supreme Court districts for the first time in 60 years in a way that will help Democrats retain their majority on the state pious court, even after the defeat of the man branded as Mike Madigan's favorite judge, Tom Kilbride. Why did you do that?
1: Well, the Supreme Court was about equal representation. If you look at those districts, they hadn't been redrawn since the, the 60s, well before I was born. And if you look at the, the makeup of each of those districts, the population numbers were just completely out of whack. And this was about equal representation. And uh, uh, once again, uh, we drew maps that we thought uh, would, would you know, be fair and equitable and I think we achieved that with the Supreme Court. And it certainly would have been nice, Fran, for Republicans who are complaining about a process to have offered up their own maps as a suggestion. Republicans didn't offer a legislative map. They didn't offer a Supreme Court map. But they certainly used their budget and spent a whole lot of money uh, on something. Uh, it would have been nice for them to, instead of push away from the table, to stay at the table, offer some alternative uh suggestions uh, but they didn't do that
0: and yet house republican leader jim Durkin says you took care of your own members right out of the 65th and pulaski playbook that's where madigan's political headquarters is located
1: you know i actually helped many republicans too uh, and, and jim knows that he and i worked together on a, a couple of items particularly toward the end there a number of his members uh, uh know that I worked with them directly. They came to my office. Many of them said they had never been in the Speaker's office ever before. And certainly many of them will tell you they've never seen uh, Speaker Madigan show up at an open house in a Republican district. Um, You know, we're doing things to show that it's a new day, that bipartisanship is important. Uh, Is there more to do? Certainly there's more to do. And I I look forward to uh, continuing to uh, reach out to my friends on the other side.
0: You promised ethics reform in response to the common bribery scandal, but what you delivered has been ridiculed by good government groups, by newspaper editorials. A six-month revolving door, really? Is that the best you can do? The city council has a two-year revolving door and far more rigid disclosure requirements, particularly for spouses.
1: Well, I think when it comes to ethics, I think we have to remember that this is an important step in the right direction. And I want to separate this ethics proposal from energy. The energy bill, which we're going to be coming back for, will have its own ethics provisions contained within it as well, yet another step the legislature will take. We have had um, everyone at the table. We've con- taken everyone's concerns into place. The fact that we don't have a revolving door at all, but now we will, uh, is a significant step. And we can't allow so those. Uh, others to diminish that fact. People are gonna complain no matter what we do. Uh, we have to recognize that. We're not gonna always please everyone, but it's important that we work collaboratively and in partnership and we got ethics done and that should be celebrated. Is there more to do? Sure. Uh, and I, I think you know you, you have to take incremental victories and build upon them.
0: But it's a baby step, six months, really? Come on, two years would be better. Aren't you willing to do that?
1: I have two kids, they're nine and seven. I celebrated their baby steps. Steps are steps in the right direction.
0: Okay, but what about a two-year revolving door? Could you get behind that? Can you support that? Can you move forward and do that too?
1: We couldn't get support for two-year revolving door. We couldn't get support for it, but we got support for a uh, six-month revolving door. And I think that was important. And we have to uh, get the governor now to sign this bill and monitor it and track it and see how it's working. If we need to tweak it, let's not be afraid to tweak it. Uh, But we took an important step and we should be proud of that.
0: You voted to authorize 110 new marijuana licenses to remedy the glaring inequity in that all white industry. But isn't it really too late? I mean, these entrenched white owners have had a two year running start.
1: Well, certainly I would have liked to have seen social equity right out the gate, Uh, but I don't think it's too late. I think this was important trailer legislation. Representative Ford did a heck of a job. Uh, Former Senator Toy Hutchinson in the governor's office worked with us to get it done. I'm proud of the the fact that we were able to get this done um, uh, during my first session speaker. And I do believe that this trailer legislation is gonna help correct some of the wrongs that have occurred uh, and, and social equity is right in front of us.
0: You still have an authorized places where people can go to smoke or consume marijuana products, kind of like bars. What about doing that? Isn't that long overdue also?
1: Well, you know, I, I think we, we have to always be open to listening to new ideas and, and, and being uh, considerate of it. And so I'm sure and we are not done considering cannabis legislation, um, you know, but the first and foremost, priority of this session was to address the issues with social equity. Uh, will there be other things that we look at uh, in the coming months and years? Absolutely.
0: Shouldn't we look at that? Isn't that another form of equity where people can open up places that are like social gathering places where there's music and, you know, like a bar? Why not?
1: I think it should be talked about. I think it should be considered. I mean, I I'm not disagreeing with you, Fran. I think that um, that's a great idea that should be uh, completely considered with all the parties at the table, uh, and certainly may be a part of a next step when there is a next step. Why do you? What do you like about
0: it? Exactly.
1: What, exactly what you said. I do think it's a a, a form of social equity. Uh, it's also um, something that I think would would help. Our, our local economy. It'll help many small businesses, um, you know, and it's something that really should be considered. Uh, I have uh, uh, locations in my district uh, that are similar when it comes to cigars. Um, and so should we at least be talking about and considering this for a product that we've now legalized here in the state? I think we should at least be talking about it.
0: You also approved a state budget just hours after it was introduced, covering City Hall all these years with weeks of city council budget hearings. I have never understood how the legislature can do that. In any event, the budget was bailed out by an improving economy and the use of $2.5 billion or so of the $8 billion avalanche of federal stimulus fund only for one-time expenses. You also authorize something like $655 million in business tax hikes that Governor Pritzker likes to call closing corporate loopholes. What happens to the other $6 billion or so in stimulus funds? How will that money be spent?
1: Well, we're, 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 we're planning. Uh, we can use these funds over four years. I think it was important and maybe a surprise to many that Democrats didn't spend all of the dollars all at once. But we're planning, we're being fiscally responsible. And we spent about $2 billion of it this year. Uh, and we're going to use about $6 billion of that over the next three years. Uh, and we are hoping that with that, we're able to address uh, key issues year after year, uh, but also continue to improve uh, our fiscal standing here in the state of Illinois. I think it's important that we paid off uh, working down debt. I think it's important that we're meeting our pension obligations, but I think it's important that we were able to do all of that while also funding key priorities uh, and also using that, that first $2 billion of ARPA money to put it out in the communities to address many of the issues that we know came to light in the midst of COVID-19. But I also think it's equally important that we look to next year and the year after, and the year after that, uh, something that uh, we should be proud of.
0: Earlier this session, you approved criminal justice reform. Now you've approved a trailer bill that weakens some of those reforms at the request of the chiefs of police. What did you do there
1: and why? Uh, no, I think, number one, this was a commitment the sponsor made after passing the historic criminal justice reform. You know, in, in this business, your word is everything, you know, and I, I always encourage my members to keep their word. Uh, we have a very diverse caucus with different opinions on how we get this right uh, and he, he made a commitment to our caucus members and he kept that. I'm proud that we we got this done uh, but we will always be committed to making things stronger and better for the state uh, and that's why trailer legislation is important because you know you're not going to pass something and 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 not be flexible after you see that uh, issues uh, still exist. Uh, so yeah, always have to you know, keep an open door, be accessible, listen to the concerns that are being brought to you and address them when you have the opportunity. And that's what we did here.
0: In the category of unfinished business is the elected school board, a phase into a 21 member board that Mayor Lightfoot calls unwieldy. She says an elected school board is supposed to be about democracy and that's not what happened in the Senate. Do you agree with her? What do you wanna change in the version that comes out of the house?
1: I think the mayor uh, is frustrated and was probably concerned about the process uh, that was used. Uh, But I have always been in support of an elected school board. Uh, I'm a product of an elected school board, and I'm glad that we were able to get this done. Um, House Bill 2908 achieves what we we've been working on, finally securing a fully elected school board for CPS. Uh, The bill does not set the timeline that leader Ramirez from my, my team advocated for, but there are key protections, uh, during the transition period that includes a moratorium on school closures, city council confirmation of temporary appointed members. Uh, and it's my understanding that leader Ramirez plans to call call this bill, uh, when she produces a roll call of, of necessary votes. Uh, and so, um, In this business, nothing is perfect, Uh, you know, and I'm a lawyer by trade. You know, when no one when when all sides are not happy uh, that you got a a pretty good compromise on the table.
0: So you left the bill that came out of the
1: Senate. I I like the bill because it's a a move toward the fully elected school board. Uh, I believe in more democracy, not less. I'm a product of an elected school board uh, and believes that uh, elections work
0: and the mayor's claim that it's too big, that it'll uh, uh, preclude parents from serving because it doesn't have spending limits. You say what to that?
1: Well, I believe that the bill calls for districts and the fact that they would be running in districts, I think is a response to that concern because if they were running citywide, I can imagine that those elections would just cost uh, a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, and so again, uh, I think it's a compromise. Is it perfect? Probably not. Um, but it's a compromise. And I think that, uh, um, I'd like to talk to the mayor and get more thoughts from her and see if there's ways of tightening it up in the future. But
0: you, you think the house is going to pass a very similar version, if not this version.
1: Well, I know leader Ramirez and, uh, would like to call this version and, uh, what we do in the house is we'd like to confirm our roll call first. And so I don't want to get ahead of the process. Uh, She's working on her roll call and um, you know, if she gets there, we will likely call the bill.
0: The mayor has been at loggerheads with the Chicago teachers union, one strike already a threatened uh, other strike that was averted uh, with in negotiating a reopening agreement after the pandemic. Are you worried about the Chicago teachers union, which is a very savvy union with, with a, big coffers dominating elected school board races?
1: Well, I think the Chicago Teachers Union should be concerned with who else may possibly dominate school board elections, because there's there's folks that are not gonna just roll over because you have an elected school board. Uh, you have uh, charter schools that are very well funded by their organizations and you have business groups that may wanna chime in on elections hey, I'm a product of an elected school board. I know all of the interest groups that get involved in elected elected school board races. And uh, teachers unions don't always prevail. Uh, And you're talking about 21 member school board with 10 of those seats being elected. um, And they're going to be elected from districts. Uh, I don't think you can safely assume that the CTU is going to win all of those seats.
0: This elected school board legislation was only the latest in a string of legislative defeats for Lori Lightfoot. The legislature also approved a firefighter's pension sweetener that saddles the city with hundreds of millions in additional costs. The legislature has done nothing to help the city confront its own $30 billion pension crisis nothing to approve her request for a graduated real estate transfer tax, broaden the sales tax to include professional services, state takeover of city pension funds that she once proposed, nothing to approve a tax on retirement income or a constitutional amendment to change the pension protection clause. What are you as speaker prepared to do to help the mayor with her pension
1: problem? I think first and foremost, Uh, The mayor, I think, had a pretty good session. Uh, There are a number of proposals that the mayor's team brought to Springfield uh, that made it across the finish line. Uh, Extending the TIF for uh, one of the CTA lines was very important to the mayor. Uh, And we got that done for her. That's going to be a significant economic boom for the city of Chicago. The mayor had some pension related issues over at the uh, Park District, uh, and we were able to get those done for her. Uh, this session. Uh, the mayor uh, had other legislative concerns that were indeed addressed, and that's because, uh, you know, her team communicated to us. She has reached out to me, and we have an open line of communication with each other, and we're going to continue to try to find ways to help the mayor, uh, particularly when it comes to the fiscal health of the city, uh, and so uh, I We have talked about sitting down this summer and getting to know each other better and me learning her issues better. Uh, And uh, I'm prepared uh, as someone who's been born and raised in this area and living just outside of Chicago to do the best I can to help the mayor.
0: What can you do for her on pensions?
1: I I don't know specifically yet, but I certainly would like to sit down and find out what the options are.
0: Well, the real estate transfer tax has been proposed by her, Uh, the service tax, the constitutional amendment she has alluded to, a tax on retirement income, all of the above. Uh, What what can you do? What should be done? What should be considered?
1: Well, I think first of all, I have to sit with the mayor, learn what her issues are, uh, just like you're spelling out. And then what I have to do, Fran, my leadership style, is I have to take that to our caucus and ask them, what can we realistically get done? Um, I believe in democracy, and that means working with people in a collaborative fashion. And uh, I'm not gonna take something back to them and say, here's what it is, take it or leave it. Uh, we, we, we we believe in process. And so I think the first step in that process is finding out what the mayor and the city needs to, to do their job most effectively and giving her a commitment and I'm going to take that back to our caucus and try to work through those issues, just like we did this this past session.
0: On the red line South TIF, you gave her some TIF uh, legislation, but you didn't give her money for the two point three billion dollar extension from 95th Street to 130th. What can you do on the money front for
1: her? Well, I, I don't remember if there was a money request. Uh, I think the TIFF was quest. Uh, the TIF extension was a. A request specifically. Um, I don't believe there was a money request, but I'll tell you, Navy Pier and McCormick Place received significant dollars in this budget. That's going to help rebuild tourism for the city. Uh, The the hospitality industry received uh, quite a bit of money in this budget. That's going to help the city rebuild uh, an important industry. Uh, When you look at this budget, it's a big victory for everyone, including the city of Chicago.
0: Also in the category of unfinished business is the energy bill. That's the right. Calm, we were- ed, delicate dance, given the scandal, you don't want to let them write legislation for you, but you got to do something for the nuclear power plants that they're threatening to shut down.
1: Well, we were close. We were very close. We almost uh, had it done on Monday. Uh, but, you know, this is a very complex issue with several stakeholders and interest groups involved. Uh, you know, uh, the governor and Con- Exelon uh, reached a deal. Uh, they're working on the final language. And as soon as all of that is done, we're going we're gonna to come back to Springfield and, and, and put the votes on the board. Um, but we recognize it's important, but it has to be done right. And, and that's, that's more important, to do it right. Uh, and, uh, you know, we didn't get it done Monday, but the deal is, is, is almost done. Uh, Got to cross T's and dot and and we'll be back to finish that business.
0: And another piece of unfinished business was the firearms owner's identification card and the proposed printing requirement.
1: We'll be back, we got more work to do. We'll finish that business too.
0: Before we let you go, why did you give Lori Lightfoot 50 years to replace lead service lines that carry drinking water into homes?
1: You know, I'm not completely familiar with that particular bill. I know um, Lamont Robinson, uh, Representative Lamont Robinson from the South Side was very passionate about that issue. I wasn't involved in those negotiations. I know that can be a very costly uh, endeavor to do, uh, but it's going to get done. I also think that when we find out exactly what um, the federal government is going to do in in its next um, uh, infrastructure bill, I believe lead service, lead pipes is going to be a top priority for the uh biden harris administration we can always do a trailer bill in that regard too uh so this was yet another one of those steps fran and it's a step in the right direction
0: speaker welch thank you for your time sir i know you're a busy man hang on to that gavel tight and we will see you all next
1: week thank you so much take care